Hey, I know. I'll use my trusty frying pan as a drying pan. Alright, hello everyone. Welcome to Out of the Drawing Pan, a Pokemon the Series podcast. This week we are talking about the second Pokemon Japan exclusive light novel. Remember, this is a fan translation done by To Be a Master, and it is available at PokemonTheNovel.DreamWith.org. And of course, we're going to be talking about our weeks. And also, just a quick reminder this podcast is rated E for explicit. And I'm your host, Jacob, and I'm here with my co host, Austin. Sorry if you hear some children laughing, it might be one of my 20 younger siblings. Only 20? Well, it's inconsistent, it seems. Yeah. I want to see your family tree someday, if that's okay. Um, uh, nope. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure it forks. All right, I'm here with uh, our other co-host, Alex. How are you doing, Alex? I'm doing good. And I thought it was 21 siblings. Is there like a mystery 21st sibling that we don't know about? <laughs> I think it's inconsistent. <laughs> or is it Brock is the 21st sibling? I don't know. I don't know. Do you count yourself when you introduce your siblings? Do you say, like, I have four siblings, me included in that bunch? Or no, do you, you say, don't. Have... You say... Okay, you don't. Okay, so, I don't know. Thank God they only cut it down to nine in the show. Yeah, when I introduce, it's, like, me, and then I say, like, I have four siblings. But that's it. I don't include myself in that total. Correct. The formal way. Okay. All right. Who's ready to talk about their weeks? Uh, let's start with... Let me spin the bottle here. Let's go with Alex. What'd you do this week? Um, I'm trying to think. Nothing super exciting. And I didn't have any sort of like food mishaps or encounters with strange, um, creepy crawly creatures. So Well, I was... Alex, I don't know about you, but I got invited to a lovely gathering at Jacob and Leslie's house. Well, I was and... going to get there. I was getting there. <laughs> Thank you, Austin, for the appreciation that yes. I wasn't feeling. Yes, that was the most exciting thing. So we were graciously invited to... Jacob and Leslie's house for a lovely afternoon of Mario Party and burgers, and it was fantastic. And all we had to do was publicly shame Jacob on the podcast, because he had never said, <laughs> come over to play Mario Party, even though he invites all his friends over to play Mario Party. Yeah, I felt really bad about that. No, you did not. <laughs> it was... I was broadcasting, I was like, oh yeah, we just get together and we just play Mario Party all willy-dilly the whole time. And I was like, oh wait. I guess we're going <laughs> to no, publicly that... shame you more often then. Ooh, yeah, I guess it. anything you want. You get treated to burgers and at least Mario Party. <laughs> got that out of me so far. Jacob, don't you give all your friends $500 every week? Why have you done that to us? Well, okay, I wasn't going to include you on this, okay? But there's a business, okay? And you don't necessarily work for me. Oh, God. Okay, we're on the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, we, will, we should say that Alex won, I think, everything we played yesterday. <laughs> She was the the queen of the Mario Party party. Look, it wasn't me. It was Luigi, okay? He's number That's one. True. And so but who that was, was controlling Luigi? Well, he it was him. He's magical, so it was the power of Luigi. And in my defense reading last place, I had the Joy-Con that had drift. <laughs> really, 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 really bad drift. Um, yeah. <laughs> the game told you that you were going to win, so I was very surprised. I was looking up. Uh, like when I mentioned Austin that had drift before and he's like, even on this podcast and he was like, send it to Nintendo, they'll fix it or whatever. But then, then I looked and looked over the policies and I had popped the, uh, 
the stick off, the joystick off, uh-huh. and that that <laughs> makes it to where they won't do it. So that's oh, why it, it was up. so bad. I, th- I think that, that makes it where they won't do it. So yeah. <laughs> so that ruined that for us. <laughs> also, we got to give a shout out to Austin too for finding us game modes that we were totally unaware of. Oh yeah, yeah. I did this thing <laughs> where I used the menu and I looked through the options. The jungle. It was so weird. Yeah. River cruise game yeah. was really fun. No idea this existed until yesterday, and I had that game for about two years now. So thank you, Austin, for going behind the three boards in the menu. And the Jungle Cruise was on the first three boards. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's the one on uh, the left. We're traditionalists in this house, so we just play the original Mario Party, and we don't expand beyond that. So, well, you are my sixty-eight-year-old parents who don't know how to use a like a remote. Austin had to put up the Joy Cons too, so we could play four-player. Oh goodness! I'm gonna invite y'all to figure out stuff more often. You're gonna come to my house to work. I got a, I got a light bulb that's burnt out and need replaced. Okay, that's yeah. not fun. I will look at the Mario Party options, but I will not change a light bulb just like for that purpose alone. <laughs> got a chandelier that's out. We'll get you in here. Austin, have you done? Did you do anything else this week besides the? Oh, Alex, are you done? Uh, oh god! I didn't even, <laughs> we got off a tangent there. No, it's okay. Really you could skip the rest of my part because I didn't do anything else exciting. At least not that I can think of. So, therefore, it probably wasn't interesting. All right, perfect. Austin, did you expand beyond the Mario Party party for this week? No, at least nothing I'm willing to discuss in a public forum. That's oh my a joke. god! Uh, <laughs> so mighty. <laughs> I will say we have some corrections, podcast-relevant corrections. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. What happened? Okay. First of all, I believe in our previous episode, Jacob said something to the effect of, I bet Takshishudo hated the episode where they're on the island and they're all talking in subtitles. I looked it up and he wrote that episode. Oh, whoops. Oh, whoops. Yeah, so that was Wrong there. Yep. So I find it really interesting how the show itself and these novels have so many contradictory things, even though he <laughs> had control over both. But whatever. The other correction I had was kind of embarrassing on my part, actually. Our episode about the sneak peek of Pokemon went live, and I was like, fuck it, we're never going to figure this out. I'm just going to ask. So I tweeted Veronica Taylor, and I said, Veronica, is this you? Are you Aunt Hillary? And she did. (laughs) (laughs) No way, you did that? (laughs) Yeah, you did do that. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, And so she went as far as to post a new tweet that was a picture of her in the year 2000 with the guy who played Ash in Pokemon Live. And she said, no, this was me in the year 2000. I was not the lady in Pokemon Live. And I was like, oh, shit, I hope I didn't, like, offend you, Veronica (laughs) Taylor. Um, But then she also replied to my tweet directly and was like, nope, not me. I'm like, Veronica, I'm so sorry. I didn't want to cast any aspersions. Well, now we know for sure. (laughs) Yeah, now we have official record. And I will say, someone on Twitter backed me up and they said, she looks and sounds just like you. Which, I mean, she does sound just like Veronica Taylor doing Delia. I will say that. That's why I thought it was her. Yeah, I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, it was just the low quality video to internet quality that made me think, well, that could be her. I can't really tell. It's so blurry. But no, it was not. So a uh, public apology to both Veronica Taylor and to Aunt Hillary, or at least the woman who played Aunt <laughs> Hillary, <laughs> who we still want to know who you are. Please, please, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, just email us 
We'll get you on the show. She's so lovely. I can't believe she responded back to us. That was very exciting. Yeah, it was very nice. She's uh, I said, nice. thanks for the great childhood. And she said, thanks for the great now. And I was Aww. like, oh, Veronica. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I need a bucket. My heart's melting. Oh, that's everything we could have ever asked for. I know. How much did you cheese, Austin, when you saw that? <laughs> what? what does cheese mean? What does that mean as a verb? <laughs> oh, um, you know, like you're cheesing. Like you, no. you got a big old smile. You're happy. You're oh, um, you know. I thought that was something here. else for a second, but yeah, oh, that's, oh it is. <laughs> is that the cat? There was thing? no cheese involved. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> Maybe I just grew up in a different time. Um, what? <laughs> all right, I'll go ahead and jump into my week because I got a question to ask y'all right off the top. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of or seen about the show or comic? called invincible i'm aware no. you're aware of this austin have you seen the show i've not seen the show but i actually just borrowed someone's amazon prime video so i could watch the last ava movie evangelion so i guess now i have access to it yes i would highly recommend watching it okay i was around when the comic book was coming out for years and years i'm i'm aware of it i'm i know the plot points i don't know if the show is significantly different i'm not very interested <laughs> sorry no, 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 no. Um, when did the comics come out? I just I didn't know like anything about them. Really? Yeah. And this this is the same well, guy that did The Walking Dead, right? Yeah, Robert Kirkman. Okay. Okay, because I can tell the overlapping sort of themes with this and some in The Walking Dead. Huh. But Alex, I would recommend you watching this. This is it's. I thought it was really really good, and it has a twist in it that even if you get spoiled by, it still holds up and is still worth the watch. So what is the premise of this all right i'll do my best to keep it short because i can't really spoil anything so it's like justice league there's it's superheroes okay there's justice league and then there's an outsider called omni man and he's like basically superman but he's not a part of the justice league he's kind of you know what do they call it a vigilante kind of on his own and there's some stuff that goes down between like there's a backstory to him and the Guardians, and he has a son, too, who's a superhero that he tries to, like, train and become a superhero as well. But there's, I don't know how to phrase it without spoiling, there's intentions from this Omni-Man that really sort of raise eyebrows and, like, bring questions up. And it's just kind of like, it's just a wild ride with a bunch of different kind of, like, subplot lines that really overlap this big theme. It's, It's just really good. You just have to I just recommend watching it. Okay. And, yeah, I'll yeah, check don't, it out. Don't get spoiled by it like I did. If you do, it doesn't matter, but you're good at not getting spoiled. I'm not going to go out of my way to look for information on it. <laughs> okay, good, good. Because, like, I think we talked about with Star Wars, Austin and I got spoiled, and... I still have not, and I'm so I very surprised. Well, actually, I think I got to get spoiled, because it was in a fucking trailer. Yeah, that's what I mean. Alex hasn't yeah. even seen the trailer, so... Austin has produced a comic book... What is this Marvel team up with no Spider-Man and Invincible? Very huh. cool. Isn't that weird? That is weird. Why is that a thing? Because Robert Kirkman wrote this Marvel team up and he must have gotten permission from Marvel to use his own independently owned character in it. Okay. Oh. I don't know how that affects like canon, but all right. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. It seems interesting. Interesting plot. Oh, it is. It definitely is. Speaking of Robert Kirkman, I did see just recently the Walking Dead series on AMC, the show is finally ending, which mm. I was shocked. 
I think we'll put that in quotes. <laughs> I, I heard there's uh, spinoffs and there's still those movies and stuff. Yeah. Yep. But the main show is ending, so that that is something. Yeah. Have we discussed that on this podcast? Like, did we watch The Walking Dead? I feel like yeah, we've talked about it before. It. Okay. I only saw okay. the first few episodes. Yeah. I could never get past the first couple seasons. <laughs> I admire your ability, Austin, to like give up after a few episodes and just say, I'm done with this, and I'm well, such a completionist. I'm like, I got to keep going. <laughs> this is a thing you don't know about me, Jacob, is I generally try during pilot season, but also throughout the year as cable channel show new shows, I generally try and watch as many pilots as I can just to watch first episode, just to get an idea of what the new shows are. I don't watch all of them because I'm frankly human, <laughs> but Shocker. I do try and, and check them all out. And I sometimes I give them a few episodes, and sometimes they just don't grab my interest. Walking Dead didn't grab my interest. And then as soon as I stopped watching it, it became like a huge phenomenon. <laughs> Typical. Trendsetter. No, I'm really not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the opposite of a trendsetter. Maybe if it wasn't this. Sorry, Jacob. I was just going to say, maybe if they didn't recycle the same plot line over and over and over for every season then it would have been worth watching. But it's literally them. They get to a town. They think, oh, you know, things are going well. Then somebody in the town betrays them, and then they have to, like, move again. And it's, like, the same thing. I know. It's almost like there's someone on an adventure, and these people keep showing up trying to disrupt it every single episode, but it just never goes just right. Maybe a team of some sort. Was that supposed to be Pokemon? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Speaking of teams. Speaking of teams. (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty much uh, my week, if anyone else has anything to add that they just thought of or something. No. All right, getting blank stares, blank stares. That was exciting, exciting stuff. It was, yeah, Mario Party is really fun, especially when you have friends to play with. We're your friends, remember that. That's right. Friendship gets us through hard times. I don't need friends, they disappoint me. Wow. Oh, wow, all right. Do y'all know that meme? Okay. No. No, no I've never seen that meme. <laughs> oh, my God. You can shop at five or six stores or just one? Oh, my God. Jacob, are you familiar with this? Okay. I'm not up to date with kids culture. doing this. Okay. Okay. Later. It's a long... <laughs> Later? Okay. It's a thing. <laughs> I was going to say, Austin, you sound as bitter and cynical as Takashi Shudo himself. Hi, I'm Carla Shaw. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Stand it when she looks at me. I've, I have the whole thing memorized. Oh my god! How many times have you watched it? So many times. That's impressive. So you watched that multiple times, but not Walking Dead. Okay. Yep. Priorities. Priorities. That's right. All right. You guys ready to dive into the second volume, second and final? We should include that. No, I'm not ready because I will say I probably will end up watching Invincible later on. Okay. Good. That and the boys good. are on my superhero list. I guess. <laughs> Welcome to Out of Viltrumite, the Invincible podcast. <laughs> at this point, you we have a podcast. That, <laughs> well, no, but, you know, at this point, we have a podcast for everything. Literally, every episode, we have another out of the blank series idea. <laughs> I'm just, we're just pitching stuff out there. It's like a pilot each episode. New introduction. We'll just see what, who takes the bait. All right, Austin, are you ready now? I see. I'm ready now. Getting, okay, ready now. Okay. Just making sure. Making sure the A-man's ready. So we'll start with the second and final, again, final volume of the light novels. And this one is entitled, was it Friends? Yep. Was it? Okay. Okay. Those things I don't need. I was trying to do something here, Austin. Your friendship gets us through hard times, but you don't no, need them. I'm, I'm going to fuck you over, Jacob. <laughs> okay, right. we should clarify. 
Last week we said Alex was editing the episode. She ended up editing about a quarter of the episode, and I did the rest of it. I tried. I know you did. This week you're going to be doing the entire episode, so I'm going to be a fucking dick the entire episode. Oh, golly gosh. This one's going to be so fun. Yep. Thank you, Austin. Thank you for going out of your way to make this a challenging episode. I'm feeling mischievous and annoying today. Can you tell? Like a true friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how we know you care. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yep. He shows it through his actions how much he Cut cares. Cut all this out. Moving on. Okay. No, it's on. all staying in. Next. <laughs> yep, yep. That's right. She's the she's the judge, jury, and executioner when it comes to that. Damn right. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool deal. There's only four chapters with this one compared long. to the... Yeah, they're super long compared to... So it's probably the equivalent of six chapters, but... The first one was six, but this one's four, and I guess we can just dive on in here with the prologue. Oh, I wanted to ask y'all, did y'all do the English terminology or the Japan terminology? English. English. English, okay. Okay, good, good, good. Like, I know all the main characters' names, but I thought, like, there might be, like, little things. I don't immediately know, like, the attacks and, like, I don't know, items. Yeah, and the Pokemon, too, sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I could get by, like, the context of what was translated, what Pokemon it was, but... It took me longer than I should have to figure so it out. So you read the Japanese terminology? No, I, I, for the first one, I started doing it that way, but mm-hmm. then I was like, this is going to be too much extra work. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to stick with the English phrasing and terminology and just, that's what, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I did this one full English though. I'll kick us off. Uh, we start off and we're well, we're going to let me see, Pewter City, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, I didn't. This go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say. I just want to point out the very beginning, like opening sentence was, and I wrote this. Ash thought back on how long it had been since he had set out from his home in Pallet Town. It felt like just yesterday, but also like an eternity. Yeah, he lives in a time paradox. Even three, days. three days. This three days. Yeah, he mentions it's been just—it's just been three days. Yeah, the fun never ends with Ash. Yeah, the bulk of this is Misty's perspective, actually. Oh yeah. my God! Did you? Alex, she has her like. We go. Yeah, like, okay. yeah, like you take over for Misty, please. Sorry, I. You guys probably know by now that I'm gonna have to jump in when it's this kind of stuff, and I have a lot of feelings about just. Just disclaimer for this entire thing. There's so many things I have a lot of commentary on, but I digress. So Misty, it opens up with her and she's daydreaming about boys. Well, men, which in and of itself is, that's too much. But she says to herself, she's like, oh, I've never spent more than 30 minutes alone with a boy. But Ash is nothing like the men she dreamed of. And she, she daydreams of, I don't know, I guess herself like on a sinking luxury cruise ship and like the man that she is like her dream guy like holding her close and saving her at the cost of his own life i'm like oh my god what you're the typical damsel in distress yeah (laughs) (laughs) the plot of plot of titanic 1990 something probably around seven yeah 
And remember, when she refers to men, she's talking about 10 or older. It's so bizarre. Which is, yeah, it's that's the weird part about me. I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this We confirm all. she's never been with a boy extensively before. Well, she's with Pikachu, too. So yeah, that so, means it doesn't count. Yeah. 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 Apparently. So yeah. her dream of, of being alone with a man other than Ash is not dead yet. I like that she's been to an all-girls school her whole childhood. It made me think of Amy, her best friend. Who collects the Pokemon <laughs> or whatever? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's probably our best friend from school, yeah. right? They probably did everything together. She's still that day. <laughs> yeah, it was probably heartbreaking when Amy had to leave Misty or Misty left Amy. Amy's probably like, "Where, where's Misty at?" You know, this guy just. Well, all Amy has home. to do is tune into the Saturday, the Saturday morning cartoon. Or no, sorry, it's still in syndication at this point. Yeah, that's right. It ain't there yet. (laughs) Amy's in wonder of where her friend's really at. So the rest of this prologue, you know, there seems to be this prevalent theme of, like, undermining adults or something. There's a lot of stuff like, well, adults are kind of stupid. You know, you don't have to worry about, like, your mom or your parents or authority figures. Like, I mean, basically it just starts in on how, like, oh, if you don't recognize a kanji... Go ask an adult, but it's okay. Even adults don't understand certain things, and sometimes they're just stupid. Like, yeah, like it even says a lot of adults don't know how to use a dictionary, right? so don't bother. Yeah, you're talking about the kanji. It's like don't even go and ask them. They don't know how to read. It's like what? Yeah. Why are we, why are we talking about this here? And then he kind of says, "Oh, well, they they may just be trying to learn." But but then you look at the perspective of like ten year olds are adults, so maybe like these kids go out into the world like illiterate. I don't, I, that's well, I think, I think he's breaking it. the fourth wall at this point. I think he's talking, he's to, talking the child to the child reader. This. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm yeah. like, oh, cool. go ahead. No, 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 I was agreeing with Austin. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. It was, uh, I was, just, I keep it in that perspective. Like, I have to keep in my head that 10 is adulthood in this world to try to keep in relation to what these characters are saying. And I don't know, it just messes me up sometimes. That's all I had to say. I like how he points out that there's some words that you're not going to find in a real real world dictionary like pokemon trainer like if you look that up that's not going to be in the miriam webster's dictionary (laughs) and then he goes through and explains it again what a pokemon trainer is (laughs) i like the little detail of well they say some they say that adults who like anime are immature but some adults can't read all the kanji so there you go who's more immature (laughs) i'm like i don't know what's going on okay (laughs) yep once again, we wind up with a mystery to start off with. He's, he also says, like, well, isn't, like, I guess if, you know, thinking of the context of a, a real world adult and, you know, the kid's going to ask um, an adult how to read, like, what is this or whatever. He says, isn't forgetting something more embarrassing than never having known it in the first place? Which I disagree with. Yeah. I'm like, okay, there's not really any shame in forgetting something either. It's not like you can possibly remember every single damn thing, but... I just feel like he's not giving kids a good perspective advice. and yeah, <laughs> advice on adults. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's really trying to connect with his audience here, but he's doing it in a way that I do not like. Oh, just wait till we get to the part in the later chapters where he goes into his opinions on women. Oh yeah, I'll just oh boy, save that. <laughs> Was it Shudo's opinions or Ash's opinions? Well, he's writing Ash. He's writing so... it. True. That's true. Okay. Yeah. You and know. those kind, those do kind of carry over into the anime. Yeah, Ash is a little misogynist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alex has talked about that a lot, you know. 
it's obvious. Rightfully so. It's obvious, and it's like, okay. With a dash of homophobia. Moving forward. Okay. Austin, you want to kick us off with chapter one? I guess I will. Chapter one, it starts with the history of Pewter City. And because this is Takashi Shudo, Pewter City is a dilapidated, abandoned town oh full God. of misery, <laughs> and the past was better than the present. <laughs> yeah. What was they, going on with this? Every single fucking town in Kanto had a golden age that has long since passed, and now it's everyone good. there is miserable. <laughs> It's just yeah. It's just the slums all over the place. It's like way past their prime. <laughs> I wish this would have carried over. It used to be Marble City, this like bustling metropolis full of like important government buildings and rich people statues. But yeah, it crumbled into obscurities. So. They, they mined all the marble out. Then they thought they found an amazing fossil called the Pewterosaurus. Oh, it turned God. out to be a broken Kabuto fossil, which is too bad because they already built a fossil museum for revenue. But, you know, no one goes to the fossil museum because it's really shitty because Kanto is a hellscape and the world of Pokemon is a nightmare realm you don't want to visit. <laughs> that didn't carry over. N- no. <laughs> I felt bad for the people of that town because it said that the mayor was going to use the budget to build this nice retirement home for the elderly citizens that were stuck there in Marble Town. But then he's like, no, screw you. We're going to build this science museum instead because (laughs) we're going to be a tourist attraction now. And then that didn't happen. And then they even put in reviews from like what tourists have to say about the city. And it's going back to what Austin said. It's just slums and they're going to change the name of the city. They call it like, was it Spar City? Yeah. Spare City that it had or something like that. That's (laughs) because it was going to rust over and so they should just call it Spar City instead. Ugh. I don't know how much more of this I can take. God, we're only (laughs) one paragraph in. The unnecessary, like, suffering. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, my gosh. I thought Pokemon, the world of Pokemon was supposed to be a utopia and not not Clearly not. No. (laughs) This is a real world right here. What you see in the anime is propaganda. That's what you watch (laughs) before you move there, and then it's just like, it's like that, like, North Korea border town that like overshadows south korea where it's like luxuriousness and there's these big homes then you get into the real place and you're like dang oh no yeah so god just wait till we get to the to the gym and the description of the gym but um <laughs> they go to the pokemon Any, anything after the museum <laughs> yeah pokemon center i was trying to like is there anything else about the museum but I think we'll, we we'll much... revisit it soon yeah 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 they go to the pokemon center there's a little exchange where nurse joy says i'm the prettiest joy and Misty laughs in her face and says, that's what every Joy says. Then I think Ash basically says, Misty's ugly. 
yeah, the, his his misogyny comes through, and he insults Misty. He says, "Oh, what a joke!" Well, she refers to herself yeah, he as does. the world's greatest beauty, and he's like, "What a joke! It's hilarious." I mean, who would consider Misty as beautiful anyway? Ha ha ha! As we all know, women are entirely preoccupied with their own physical appearance and beauty, and they're competitive mm-hmm. with each other and spiteful. <laughs> yep. That's what Tom Shudo says. Yep, it's all jealousy. It's all about who's the prettiest, you know, who looks the best, according to uh, the Pokemon world. So, his words, not mine. They don't help the fact that even in the show, it carries over where the the characters are actively insulting Misty for trying to have a little bit of self-confidence. What 10-year-old girl doesn't want to be beautiful? Like, you know, she's trying to just be like, yeah, I'm I'm pretty, blah, blah, blah. I mean, not that 10-year-olds should be, like, thinking about that kind of stuff, whatever, but society that we live in. Um... But yeah, the other characters actively go out of their way, knowing that she's a young child. And they're like, ha ha ha, no, you're not. So I think Misty needs some intense therapy to deal with all these hateful people around her. But... <laughs> and she doesn't have Amy there to help her. Nope, Amy's gone. Amy's just not, Amy's gone. She doesn't exist in so... this canon. Misty has nobody to have solidarity with. She has like absolutely no support. She just has Ash and Brock who are, well... The this version of Ash and Brock in, in this novel are absolutely terrible people, which we'll get to. Yeah. All right, let's get to Brock. Oh Ash my in god! In the morning, goes to <laughs> the gym. The uh, gym. The gym. Which shocker! The gym is crumbling to pieces and appears to be in a state <laughs> of extreme disrepair. I love that so of much. Of course it does, <laughs> because we later learned that in the in the past it was a bustling place with a lot of. Like, visitors and students and it was a place of great acclaim and now it's falling to pieces because everyone's abandoned it because pewter city sucks because the world sucks why does the world suck so much takashi shudo okay this depressed me like really bad (laughs) like the way that they described it like things were patched over with like cardboard box pieces and like plastic garbage bags oh my god i was like okay and then the fact that we find out later that it's just this little well brock but him and his siblings trying to like keep themselves afloat and not like spiral Mm. into extreme well they already are in extreme poverty but it's terrible i was like lordy lordy i was like how did this gym how did this gym even keep its accreditation well if you lose four times in a row you are no longer a gym leader apparently is it four or three it's four four okay i thought i may read three yeah but i was like how does this gym have its accredit it's clearly a hazard you know, I don't know. Welcome to anyway, the Kanto Gyms. It's crumbling. Yeah, welcome to the Kanto Gyms, everybody. They're not as luxurious as they appear. I like the fact that they meet Brock outside of the context of him being the gym leader first. Oh, boy. Because in the show, he literally like, walks into a dark room and is like, Hello! And Brock turns on like the spotlight and is like, I've been sitting here in the dark waiting for you. So I like it better that they see his domestic side first. Okay, I kind of disagree, Austin. Because I think if your gym was in that bad of shape, you would have the lights off and not let anybody kind of see how bad everything mm-hmm. is. Well, well, that and they they say they don't have money for the electricity. That turning on the lights for battles is draining their budget. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was kind of like I was thinking about that, like the intro to Brock and the anime. I was like, okay, that actually does make sense now because it's so much a bad place and there's no electricity. Of course, he'd be sitting in the dark and they would use the electricity. I just think it's more appropriate for them to meet Brock as a person first versus him. Yeah, it makes yeah, more yeah, sense. Yeah. Yeah, we go on. We talk about breakfast for a weird, weirdly long time, and then we get some Brock and Misty flirtation. Does anyone yes. want to cover that? Because I don't. 
Uh, Alex, are you the expert? <laughs> what are your thoughts on Brock gonna, hitting on Misty? I was going to say before, <laughs> I mean, they could have had in the show, they could have really trimmed this down and made it like not inappropriate. I mean, they could have met him like, oh, as a, you know, just sweeping the outside of his gym or whatever. But to be fair, I'm kind of glad they did cut that out because this entire exchange was concerning. Horrendous. <laughs> like, horrendous. Mm-hmm. Well, he, he first he introduces himself as Brock, but that they can call him Brocky. So I was like, okay. Um, then he starts hitting on Missy and he like starts wondering to himself what she's going to be like in eight years when she's 18 and he's 23, which is bad enough. Ash and Misty then get into a verbal altercation where Misty tries to punch Ash in the face. And this part, okay, I hated this part. I don't know about you guys, but Brock sits there. He starts telling Misty, he's like, quote, when a girl deals with the boy, no matter how weird, unpleasant, charmless, bratty, or screwballish, hmm. to treat him with kindness, no matter how horrible this child is, you shouldn't push him against the inevitable. That is the role of a girl. Okay. No. No, I don't agree. Yep, just, no. You're supposed to just sit there and take it and then just be nice about it and don't no. express your opinions absolutely. or concerns at all. That's that's the way of the Kanto region. This is absolutely inappropriate. I'm like, so you're basically telling kids that any if, if you're dealing with a guy yeah to it doesn't matter how bad he is how bad he treats you how much of a shithead he is you just have to be kind back to him no absolutely not screw that i hated that i'm sorry you know what no i'm not sorry <laughs> no don't be sorry for that no don't be sorry don't you don't have to be nice <laughs> <Remember> this? <laughs> this is bad a, bad yeah. advice bad writing mm-hmm. that's all i have to say about that <laughs> <laughs> I think that pretty much covers the exchange. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll cover some of the other bits. Um, basically, from what I'm looking at it right now, there's this weird thing where as they were having that weird discussion, Alex was detailing, they like start mm. reciting lines as if they're in a dramatic TV show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, like, Ash, it describes it as if they're in their own little world. And Ash is like, stop it. Cut it out. It's just odd. The whole thing, like the, them doing math to figure out how old they'll be in X amount of years. And I just like, I'll be 18 too. And Brock's like, I mean, nobody asked you. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. one point, Ash says his name. Brock says, I didn't ask your name. Rude. There's this whole thing with Misty. When Misty first introduces herself, she says, yeah, I'm a 10 years old. I'm an adult. It, it, gross. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's gross. Weird. That's, weird. that's the reason why I'm like, 10 years old is the age it. I don't know that part. I just that part. Just I can't get over. <laughs> that's just I'm just like that's just weird. I don't like this. the fact that they're even entertaining this is disturbing. Like, ugh. yeah, I, I'm just trying to get inside the. I get trying to hit your audience, but to you could keep them as kids at ten. You know, yeah, this, this is going too far. Yeah, there was also a weird like sex thing happening, where Brock keeps on saying when you're eighteen, and Ash is thinking to himself. Well, my mom was 18 when she got married. I wonder what the significance of that is. And I'm like, so is the age of consent 18? That's, no. That's what I couldn't figure out either. But no, it's, it's not. not. No, no. That's the reason why I was confused when Misty was talking about, like, in eight years, I'll be 18. or so, Unless that's just, like, there's some traditional I, I assume pattern. in this world, there's, like, generally, you know, you're not supposed to be having sex till you're 18, even though you're legally an adult at 10. Yeah. They literally talk about in the last volume how 11 year olds are getting married right and like yeah the fact that then they have this whole conversation about 
waiting until they're 18. I'm like, yeah, being 18 is obviously way more preferable than being any younger than that. But well, being still, 10. The, <laughs> 10. The fact oh, yeah. that they're even having conversations like this is just, it's too much. It really pushes you away. You're reading this stuff and you're like, uh, I don't know if the Pokemon company existed at this time, but whoever owned the Pokemon license, why did they let this get published? Maybe it wasn't was it him? Very popular. Did he... <laughs> he didn't own it. He was just a showrunner. <sighs> anyway, um, we, different times. Yeah. Oof, not that long ago. Um, no. We get into the Pallet Town trainers wiping him out, including the flamboyant guy with the cheerleader squad, which Ash <laughs> astutely <laughs> observes must be Gary. Thanks, Ash. He whips off his his really cute apron covered in hearts to reveal his pajamas, which apparently Brock sleeps in like a button-down pajama shirt and pants, which I appreciate. It was classy. It was very classy. He reveals himself as the gym leader. They go in the gym, which is, as we said, falling to pieces. <laughs> Crumbling to pieces. I did yeah. like the little detail of, in a place that values stone, this place being made out of wood shows how in the past it would have been very prestigious. Or sorry, it, being made of wood means it would be very prestigious because that's a comparatively rare material to use for building that was kind of cool back in its heyday back in, back in its heyday because the past is better than the present apparently brock comes out as the gym leader and it says he's in his combat gear and i was trying to figure out combat gear does that mean he's dressed in his like orange shirt and green vest that we're used to or is this gen one shirtless brock we're seeing because it talks about his like like powerful frame and muscles and like how he could yeah like, buff dude yeah how it looks like he should be like at a karate tournament or something like that I'm like I think this is shirtless Brock I think you've I think it's tactical vest but shirtless ooh that's a hot look Brock. I think we're going I think that's yeah I think that's what we're going for here we're tactical vest tactical pants but no orange shirt I think that's what we've got here and it's all camo I'm pretty sure he actually wears that in the pocket monsters manga with the Clefairy <laughs> really oh I wow. might be mistaken <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I hope he does, because I think that's pretty cool. Are we going to read the Pocket Monsters manga, you guys? I kind of want to. (laughs) Is that the really long one, or the ongoing one? No, it ends after Sun and Moon, but it's the the genitals one. Oh, I don't know about that. Mm. Oh, yeah, I know. Mm -hmm, No? I thought that's what we were reading here for a little while. I was like, I kept kept looking for, like, Clefairy grabbing, like, Ash's Pokeballs, and I was like, oh, what's going on here? Gross. Again... I don't know why this stuff gets published, but whatever. I actually laughed when Brock says that gym matches are basically endorsed by a number of agencies. And it oh gets my into, gosh. Like, the it's... obscure. He looks like 10 or 12 different things. I actually got it if you want to go through yeah. all of Okay, let's do this one by one. Logistics. Okay. The gym matches are different from battles for, with amateurs or thugs. So there is crime. It's an official match endorsed by the government's Ministry of Education, Sports, Science, Technology, Agency of Cultural Affairs, if I need to repeat myself, let me know, Environmental Protection Agency, the Ministry of International Trade and Industry, and Ministry of Health and Welfare, Ministry of Finance, the Pre-Merger Ministry of Post and Telecommunications, and Ministry of Home Affairs, the National Pokemon Scientific Community, and the International Pokemon Trainers Association. I don't even know what half of these are. Yeah, Ash responds with, that's complicated. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Ash asks, what does this have to do with X, X, and X? And Brock says, I don't know. 
<laughs> yeah. They don't know. They're just like, whatever. <laughs> I like how Brock does point out that there is, which, I mean, this makes sense. There is insurance that covers injuries to trainers that have, you know, they sustain injuries during their battles, but. That was a cool detail. Yeah. Yeah. It even shows the Aflac duck in here. <laughs> what? With that. With it's that. Psyduck, what he says. <laughs> yeah. Ah, Psyduck. Duck. Oh, my God. My thought when I was reading all those agencies was like, oh, my God, could you imagine the red tape to just get anything done with that, to go through all those different departments? And yet the gym's literally falling apart. Yeah, the gym's falling apart. Yeah, I know. That's what I was... <laughs> It's crazy. Oh, goodness. All right. We can keep going. If you want to, Austin. Uh, Basically, when battles happen, I don't take note. It's just going to happen. Well, basically, the Onyx just beats Pikachu. Yeah. I like the detail yeah, of Brock again. assumes Ash is more competent than the other ballot trainers because he underestimated them. So he sends out his strongest Pokemon, Onyx, and how does, does Ash say, I'm I'm out, Pikachu's going to get killed? What happens? Yeah, more or less. Okay. I didn't take any notes. Yeah. They go back to the Pokemon Center, and during which, you know, when Joy is treating Pikachu, they see this, they have a little conversation where they see this elderly man who apparently is still trying to be a pokemon trainer and then they they talk about the fact of like you have to pass like a physical examination as a trainer which makes sense you know that you have to be fit alongside your pokemon but then they start shit talking him like oh he's too old to do anything ha 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 is it is this the age thing where they talk about what was it i think in the next chapter they say you have to be either if, if you're 70 or okay 75, next chapter okay they evaluate yeah, before your physical you have to... health yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then we're okay. Yeah. I will. Is this where Nurse Joy says if Pikachu uses all of its electricity, it'll die? Yes. Okay. That's very Charmander tale. Yeah. That's what I, was, I think. That's probably where they pulled that from. Yeah. But they go. They decide to go to the museum because Nurse yep. Joy says it may not be anything special, but the uninformed may just learn something there. Then it's time for an appendix. Appendix. And this is <laughs> oh my goodness, this appendix. Make sure this is the right one I took notes on. This is where I think I kind of felt the drugs a little bit taking over with the inorganic and organic matter. Oh, yeah. And that's all I could compare because it reminds me of like, I don't know why I just thought of this, like like a hippie or something. Like say if you're out raking leaves and the hippie would go like, maybe the leaves are raking you or something like that. You know what I mean? Because it talks about like a pen or a ball or something, and then it says if you lost it, the only reason you found it is because the ball or pen wanted you to find it. Yes, which I thought was kind of cool, yeah. actually. But yeah, I thought it was it was cool, like to talk, to think about. But I was like, yeah, I, I, I don't and the, know. the whole time I'm, it was cool, but the whole time I'm reading it, I'm ahead. thinking, oh my god, this is Bill's lunatic ravings. But then there's a twist. Because these aren't Bill's lunatic ravings. This is some no, random yeah, yeah. person that Bill is quoting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's, what crowd is Bill hanging out with? What are they doing in that mansion up on that oh, know, coast light, the lighthouse? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, almighty. He basically says, this person's full of shit. And they identify an actual <laughs> biologist and they get their name wrong. <laughs> yep. That's what the kicker to me was, the actual biologist. Like a real life person who was alive at the time. Yeah. I liked a little bit, and again, I assumed this was Bill. Him saying, if a real-life fighter jet Pokemon or a tank Pokemon were discovered, I could befriend it and play out our war games. If a pistol or sword Pokemon came into being, 
We could be best friends and they would kill anyone I don't like. There may not be that many people who love war machines or other weapons, but a lot of people love dolls and anime characters. If perhaps a doll Pokemon or anime Pokemon came to exist, I'd be able to quit researching Pokemon and befriend my beloved doll Pokemon and anime Pokemon and live a joyful life. And I'm thinking, God, Bill's a fucking freak. But it wasn't Bill. <laughs> <laughs> but it was someone associated with Bill. I think so. Are we safe to assume that I I put it with Bill because of the craziness of it? Bill Bill's craziness will return. Yep, Bill does not. Yeah, Bill does not go away. Chapter two. Or oh, you're sk- you skipped the one of the weirdest parts of oh, the okay. whole appendix. I was waiting to what see if you mentioned it. Well, go for it. I mean, you sort of did, like the whole doll and toy thing. But they say in there like. Some people consider their dolls or toys to be living beings and thus friends or even lovers. Oh, I did skip that. Jesus. This is acceptable if you're a child, but not as an adult. It's estimated that 30% of humanity has reached a state of loving inanimate objects more than people and that they never marry or have children. This is leading to a declining birth rate. Oh, my God. This has predicted the future with the sex robots and all that stuff. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) And the declining birth rate comes back later. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it does. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. It even talks about it within the first chapter a little bit, about how there's no one left. Oh, my God. Ugh. Yeah, I got freaky. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not even the freakiest thing so far. Ugh. All right. Chapter two. Ready for chapter two? Chapter two. Get the boulder badge. I'll just go ahead and start by saying that first part where they talked about the museum and how there was nothing to display, so they just dug up whatever and put it on display. <laughs> they tried. Bless their heart. <laughs> they tried. That's what I'll just... That, that's the highlight of me for that. All right. <laughs> just imagine walking in a, this luxurious museum, put that in quotes, and there just being a lump of coal sitting there. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Good job. Ash there. meets the old man from the Pokemon Center earlier. Yeah, the one yeah. that they were yeah. smack talking. There's a theory here. There's I don't, we'll a prominent oh theory here. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's I don't know. I looked it up a little bit and I think it's kind of confirmed. I didn't see the evidence to like confirm it, but it was a lot of people saying, "Yeah, this is it." Well, it's confused. Okay, this guy in the past went to Pallet Town and seemingly fucked the lady in charge of Pallet House apparently or had like a, a tryst with her and l- knew that this woman had a little girl who presumably was his progeny and therefore Ash and the man talk it out and it means essentially Ash is his descendant but it gets weird because yeah. the narration says 
he could have been Ash's great great grandfather. I'm like, no, that timeline doesn't work out. That's not doesn't make any sense. Because this man sixty years ago went to Palatown. He can't possibly be Ash's great great grandfather. He would be Ash's great grandfather. Because the the child he would have born would be Delia's mother. That would make Delia's mother six yeah, years old. Yeah, the great. Yeah. And that would make I'm Delia, the dots Delia's <laughs> about twenty nine ish. So that timeline makes perfect sense. So you did some math there. He could be Ash's <laughs> awesome. great grandfather. Yeah, but unless that means that both of Delia's mother and well, yeah, Delia's parent and grandmother would have had children at younger than Young like fifteen ish. But I like it better if he's just Ash's great grandfather. Yeah. But I'm applying yeah, my real that's... world sexual politics to this nightmare world, so I could be wrong. Yeah. No, I think it makes There's sense. a good chance you're wrong, but not because of logical reasons. Put it that way. Just for how this thing's written. So, great grandfather. Yes. So, we did not meet Ash's father. Okay. We did okay. meet a distant Possibly relative. Possibly a family member. Yes. So, Grandpa gives Ash a Thunderstone. A Thunderstone. Which pebble. are apparently very yep. common. Yeah. So common that they you sell them as key rings in the gift shop. Like, what? <laughs> you never you never seen that? Like in the Pokemon anime when they just walk out of the Pokemon or in the games, they just have the Thunderstones and stuff just sitting there? They do with the Keystones, the Mega Evolution Stones. Yeah, that's true. They, they, have, they like, do. Like, jewelry and stuff. That. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Hmm. All this stuff's connected. We just got to find out how. Well, I like how Ash has a, a moment of clarity. Um he thinks to himself that Delia always told him, there's nothing more expensive than what comes for free. There's always a catch. What about you talking about the Thunderstone, how there's going to be a cost yeah. to the consequence well, of no, using not, it? No, not the consequence yeah. of using it, but he thinks the old man wants something from him. But he's just basically like, use this Thunderstone, you know, in my place, like be the trainer that I never could be because he's still like 75 or 80 and hasn't gotten farther than Pewter City, I guess. So... So he's wandered 10 miles up the road. Oh, my okay. God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually not true. It says he wanders from town to town getting medical evaluations. You know, it was kind of sad this oh, next part. It really says sad. that people in the Pokemon world over 75 can't challenge gyms because their judgment is impaired. Like, you wouldn't want an elderly person driving around in a car or fighting Pokemon battles. Like... That's what I thought of. But yet they still let 10-year-olds drive car. Apparently in this world, they let 10-year-olds drive cars and have weapons like own knives and have pokemon battles so i don't know i think it's elder abuse why did he go to pewter city yeah is it, there it, a it, single aspect of this world that is you could horrific? phrase it that way no they're all very ageist in the pokemon world ageist and sexist anyway ash basically asks well, why does this matter that you knew my mom's mom's mom and the old man's like think about it dumbass and <laughs> then leaves <laughs> <laughs> ash never makes the connection no he never does no. No, he never. He goes back to the Pokemon Center and yeah. Noise Joy reveals because nothing can be nice. That <laughs> Pikachu's that evolve into Raichu without having a better understanding of how to use their electricity burn out and use all their power all at once and then are put into a state of trauma and never use electricity ever again for fear. They go them? into cardiac arrest. Oh, is that it? Yeah. They literally have heart attacks. Yeah. Yeah. The surge of electricity literally puts them, yeah, like Alex said, in cardiac arrest because they can't handle the the new power that they've just been given. So keep given that in mind next time you rock. use your evolution stone on a Pokemon that you're possibly giving it a heart attack. Yeah. You know, I kind <laughs> of, 
this part, I'm, I mean, not that it's pleasant or anything, but at least it makes sense, you know? Like, everything's not so, like, you know, roses and peaches and cream in this Pokemon world. Like, there's actual consequences and physiological limitations and things you have to consider. You can't just, like, shove a Thunderstone in your Pikachu's face and expect everything to be okay. Like, you have to actually work towards it and train them up so they can handle the power of it. Like, it makes sense. I was just thinking of the the poor trainers that had to find this oh out the hard gosh. way. Yeah. I mean, they had to find that out somehow. And so I was thinking, I was like, oh, the God. The Pikachus or Raichus. Yeah. Traumatized. Yeah. Or other electric Pokemon. Yeah. So then we find out that, well, Ash goes to challenge Brock again. But Brock invites them in for breakfast <laughs> instead. I did like that. I'd like that. Again, that, breakfast. It made it seem like they actually had a relationship before he was just like and now i'm joining you on your journey yeah when we find out he has 20 other siblings and 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 they 20. all have a different father his <laughs> oh i did the yeah. math I did the math this is <laughs> she had eight sets of okay. twins. he says they yeah. have, that his mother had eight sets of twins with by nine different fathers yes does that math add up I, I don't um know. i think i, I made a mistake because i assumed there was 20 including brock i didn't count brock separately He's 21, I think. Okay. Okay, no. The prose first states that there are 21 younger siblings, but then Brock states there are 20 siblings in all. So there's either 20 siblings or 22 siblings. So possibly even Brock doesn't know. Where are these other mystery kids? <laughs> that would make sense, though, right? That would make sense, though. You know, maybe the fathers kept well, some of them. The, I don't know. The youngest the thir- three, and the oldest Brock is 15, including eight pairs of twins. So that's a total of 12 pregnancies with nine fathers over the course of 13 years. Oh Lola my can my push them out. Yeah. She needs to be handling the population decline. <laughs> she can single-handedly reverse it. <laughs> yeah, she can single-handedly reverse it. How come in this pewter city there's a huge spike in the population increase? Oh my well, God. he explains that the reason why that she had so many kids is because the gems are passed down through families. And if there's no successor in the family, then it goes to a total stranger. So that's why she had all yeah. these kids, so that there's always somebody to keep it in the Brock family. <laughs> like, and, and then she up and leaves after she's had two dozen children. And Yeah. So clearly mm-hmm. you don't care that much if you're just going to pa- abandon your toddlers. It doesn't say where she went, that she just wanted to have her own life or whatever. But Jacob, I'm surprised you're not more angry about the implication of this there's a mean? certain character who does not make an appearance oh <laughs> oh yeah 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 yes 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 he was replaced by i guess the elderly man that did cross my mind but i was like so in the anime flint is the sleaze bag and in this one the mom turns out to be the sleaze bag uh i was thinking i like the flint storyline a lot better i like the flint storyline a lot better because that they only have 10 kids for one thing it's a, yeah. a one father situation and we will come to learn that basically lola's just kind of flighty and she like just runs off at the moment drop of a hat yeah and flint's a i guess self-hating father <laughs> but in this he's like long gone he's he's he doesn't even exist he's yeah he's just farewell yeah there's nine different flints he's exited the building <laughs> yeah and there's he's a gone. total of nine flints they're all yeah brothers. that is true yeah there's Ew. nine flints and they're all yeah they're oh no, my god austin <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're keeping it really pure here in Pewter City. 
Oh, God. I wish Flint would have made an appearance, though. I did miss him. It kind of ruined my backstory. Well, this isn't canon, so who cares? Yeah, that's true. I, I would have loved the creepy scene with them standing on the hill and them just looking at Brock's family. Oh, my God. That was great. We, we unfortunately did not get that. I also that. liked it a lot better because <laughs> Flint like, took such an active interest in Ash versus the, his Ash's own maternal great-great-grandfather who does not give a shit. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, He didn't even know. He never connected the dots. Uh, poor Ash. Stupid or Ash. Dumb Ash. I don't know. Whichever. Yeah, so, stupid battle Ash. time, I guess. This was scary. Yeah, battle time. Yeah. Like, Pikachu... I'll, I'll just go ahead and skip ahead. Pikachu, through the entirety of this novel, is not Ash's Pokemon. He's, like, an independent being who can who does whatever the fuck he wants. And what he wants is... Feral. Like, basically, to kill. <laughs> yeah, well, Brock makes a good point. He There's an actual, there's a part in there where Brock is saying, you know, your Pokemon's out of control. It's a danger. Mm-hmm. Like, I cannot, as a gym leader, allow you mm-hmm. to continue on like this because your Pokemon is just... It's not listening to you. It's he was like throwing electricity all over the place. Like he's he's going to hurt somebody. Like it needs to be controlled. <laughs> like and he's never, right. It never is. Yeah, you're just rampages. Nope. Yeah. And Pikachu, I like how we tend to think of Ash as like a strategist thinking on his feet. And this Pikachu is a strategist. Ash doesn't do anything. Pikachu does everything yeah. on its own accord. And so he comes up with the strategy of actively first he. Well, how does it go down exactly? Essentially, he ends up sparking a fire on the electrical system, which starts the sprinklers, which makes Pikachu say, now's my chance. So he annihilates Onyx, and we see its internal organs through the sheer power of the electricity. Oh, my God. This part was, like you said, this part was scary because Pikachu, for for one thing, the fact that it has this foresight and this ability to be so ruthless like you said he blows out the switchboard in the gym it busts into flames activates the sprinkler systems it soaks onyx through and then as onyx is like screaming in pain from having water all over it he electrocutes it in the mouth yeah right in the mouth like he's going for the kill and (laughs) we're getting this over with i'm KOing you freaks out understandably you know thinking he just witnessed the death of his pokemon he like runs over with a stethoscope to make sure onyx isn't dead like i this was absurd (laughs) this was terrifying like and and ash did nothing like pikachu was out of control the entire time it straight up would have killed onyx and ash had no control over it at which point Brock goes like does some like weird logical leaps and is like, "That was brilliant, Ash. You faked Pikachu being completely out of control." <laughs> Ash is like, "No, I didn't. No, I didn't." And Brock is like, "You're such a great trainer." Nope, and Ash no, is like, "No, I'm not. No, I'm not." <laughs> and I got a lot to, to learn to from Ash's you. Credit, he did try to refuse the badge. He's like, "No, no. Uh, Pikachu did this all. He was a murderous like lunatic." I'm not accepting this badge. And it was only, like, like he had to be convinced to take that damn badge. Everyone, all the siblings come over, and our favorite Brock sibling, Forrest, basically <laughs> says, Brock, get out of here. You're a failure. You failed four times in a row. We're going to kick you out. Because Forrest is faking, jettisoning Brock as a physician of gym leader, so he doesn't have to carry that burden anymore. Which was incredibly sad. This, that was incredibly sad. And Ash is still standing there digging his heels in trying to refuse. And Misty is basically like, Ash, shut the hell up. They're trying to, like, just take the badge just so Brock it. can be free. <laughs> I like it a lot better when Flint just comes back and is like, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
if and then someone's there to actually take this care of the children awful, this whole thing and then the worst part too is yeah. so forrest is like you know i'm gonna take over as a gym leader and then the youngest sibling who they know is three years old comes up to brock and tells him don't worry brock i'll find a strong husband so that we are not in poverty anymore and i'm like oh my god this is it this is enough they just plan really far ahead she's only Brock's three family. talking about husbands it's absurd she's taking the the burden of it onto herself at that age yeah no three-year-old yeah. should yeah. think of yeah. that she's very mature horrors oh lord i said horrors <laughs> oh god oh, god. oh, oh okay, okay no 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 Okay. (laughs) So Ash does his, you know, the right thing and leaves a message for Delia on the answering machine, which is more than she ever got from her husband or her father, because there's no record of their travels beyond Pewter City. So Ash has already done more than his dad and grandpa at this point. But not nope. more than the great grandfather. <laughs> and all because Pikachu's out of control. It's a, oh, I guess it was, it's a monster. Yeah, during that part, I just kept thinking about, like, in the anime. Remember when Team Rocket almost dies, and then they, but they live, and then Pikachu's, yeah. like, oh, upset yeah. Oh, that. That, was, that was this Pikachu. That's, that's what I was thinking about. <laughs> yeah, that was this Pikachu. That's the Pikachu where I was like, okay, I get... Maybe there's a little carryover there. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway, they leave Peter City, and Brock appears. He's been waiting for them. And he says, I'm going to join you. Mostly because I want to study the psychology of a Pokemon who refuses to enter the Pokeball. I mean, that makes sense. Mm. He's He does observe, like, that's his whole thing, is he's observing Pikachu because Pikachu's such an anomaly. There, there's a there's another appendix that goes into that at the end. But... But wait, is that this chapter or later? No, it's a later chapter. It's a later okay. Is this the phone oh, or okay. the next one? Basically, the, okay. the siblings say goodbye, and they leave. Appendix time. Brock says <laughs> bye, and... And cries. Yeah, Brock actually leaves in tears. So this appendix is about the past and present of Pokemon gyms. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so we get more information on that. Yeah. Um, basically, they were dojos that over time became Pokemon gyms. Yeah. We get back into the declining birth rates and how at one point the gyms were designated based on population size. And so essentially it ended up being there being one gym per city. But there are some large metropolises with multiple gyms. Um, however, as the population is dropping, that basically means there's a surplus of gyms and the funding has dried up. So that makes sense to, as to why gyms like Brock's are in a state of disrepairs because there's no, they can't fund them all. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they just don't care about... But he said the funding's dried up. You have all these government agencies backing this. Obviously, they just, they just don't care then. No. Clearly not. Right? It says... Okay, making sure. In countries throughout the world, the goal is to raise as many Pokemon Masters as possible. The reason why raising Pokemon Masters is so important to a country is a national secret. (laughs) Oh, what? (laughs) Classified information. (laughs) Oh, my God. So they're going to be used as war. Like, they know Arceus is coming and they need a mastery of it. (laughs) I just think they're... They're like sleeper agents, and they're just going to be one day someone's going to say like the code word, like ham sandwich, and all oh these kids God. are just going to whatever. <laughs> I was definitely thinking, like like Jacob uh, said, it's for national defense. Like they're using these trainers as like weapons or something. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're playing a ge- you're playing a game, beating all these gems, but truthfully, you're going to be a super soldier. Oh lordy! When the time, which I mean, comes. how many times has Ash saved the damn world? So they're not wrong. 
it's sort of like like the kaiju thing. They know that these super Pokemon exist. They're just not like telling the public. So they have tr- these kids <laughs> trained to take on like the kaiju when they come to try to shatter the earth. So <laughs> that's that. Be, that'd be my Pokemon. Ooh, ooh, we are doing our fan fiction episode eventually. Oh God. Yeah, it's that's gonna be my fan fiction. We got a plan. We got it scheduled. Have uh, Misty and Amy in a super soldier, like a. Mine's gonna be the life and times of Aunt Hillary. (laughs) Mr. Carlson and how he ended up being (laughs) an elementary school science teacher at Valadown. Oh, please do that. (laughs) Anyway, it goes into Pokemon gyms and how we we basically already said this. The gym families have huge families because they need successors, and the children don't necessarily want to be gym leaders, but do so for government support. Which I mean. We're not even gonna touch that. Yeah, <laughs> let's not. No, no. Uh, yeah, okay, we'll ignore that. Then it says, "What is this?" Oh, and then we get like a little poem reference material. My dream from an eight-year-old child oh, yeah. who's in a Pokemon gym who gets bullied and lives in poverty because they only eat good meals when the father gym leader wins battles. That's very sad. Because. Uh, that's a good incentive though you better win otherwise you're gonna eat gruel very sad oh goodness yeah did you like these appendixes better in the first volume or the second volume the first volume were the way better volume. yeah they were way okay just they were way more fun well yeah. not fun but more not as cool. heavy yeah wacky <laughs> alex are do you want to handle our misty chapter <laughs> sure chapter three the four sisters of cerulean city I'm just itching. Can you tell? Yeah, I was yeah, about to say, when I read this, I was like, this is this is her. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Not to dominate I, this conversation. I will note we skipped Seymour the Scientist. Oh, where, where was Seymour the Scientist? No, we skipped him. Skip where? Oh, where did he the, okay. He didn't appear. He didn't appear. Yeah. We jumped over him. Ron Hubbard does not make an appearance in the He volumes. was already dead by that point. Yeah. Oh, okay. So shall we move on to the four sisters of Cerulean City? Let's go. Let's go. So at the beginning of this chapter, the group has been traveling together for two weeks. At this point, Ash wants to go to another gym to challenge another gym leader and get a badge. Brock says, oh, Cerulean City has one. And then Ash is like, okay, let's go there. But Missy's like, hell no, you should catch more Pokemon first. Which, I mean, to her credit, I mean, she does have a point. Because at this point, he, what, only has Pikachu, which doesn't count, doesn't listen to him at all. Butterfree and Pidgeotto. Yeah. So that's it. But he's like, yeah, nah, I'm not going to listen to you. So we're going to go to Cerulean City. Which, okay, this version of Kanto is completely different than anything we've seen. This Cerulean City, apparently, is at the base of a dormant volcano. I assume that was Unknown Dungeon, where Mewtwo lives in the game. Unknown Dungeon? Oh, right. Or whatever it's called. Yeah. But apparently it's it's a hot springs resort town. Mm-hmm. And like Pewter City, like Austin, you were talking about, this once was a lovely destination, vacation spot that was popular with honeymooners, very romantic. You know, it became very popular. And then, of course, with the popularity increase, 
it attracted all these other things like circus tents and bars and so now it's no longer a safe place and it's considered they say this several times they say it's overpriced terrible and unsettling <laughs> the they tourism guide say that yeah <laughs> the tourism guide says it yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah so it cuts away to this like well there's like this rundown really dilapidated shitty hot spring hotel where a married couple with a child has checked in which is revealed to be team rocket who came to the hot spring because they were so like disfigured and wounded from their beedrill attack that they sustained in the viridian forest so they went there to like get better I love that, by the way. I think that's a great way to reintroduce them back, that they had to have this... <laughs> had to take I like the detail that they do a dramatic reveal within their own shitty hotel room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and specifically <laughs> notes they were wearing their uniforms under their, like, mummified wrapping... Bandages. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I was, yeah, I was like, who are they even, like... It's just them. It's just them. Nobody else. Like, <laughs> Gotta keep morale up. Yeah, so then they, they, they're like, okay, we need to to get some money. We're broke after staying in this hotel room, so they plan a burglary. Then it's back to Ash and Friends, um, who are commenting on... Well, Brock comments on how beautiful the flowers are. Misty is, like, so bitter. She's like, they're fake. The flowers are plastic. <laughs> and Misty's like... Well, Brock's like, hey, they don't look fake to me. And she's like, they're obviously fake. You're gro- you've grown up surrounded by boulders and rocks. You wouldn't recognize a real flower if it smacked you in the face. <laughs> Misty is so mean in this. Well, I mean, there's a reason why, but we'll get, we'll get there in a second. Okay. So then Officer Jenny rolls up and tells them that they're being suspicious. Of course. Misty, yeah, <laughs> of course. Here we get Officer Jenny and all her... And this Officer Jenny, you know, we've talked about Officer Jenny in the show and how bad she is. Okay, th- that Officer Jenny in the show has nothing on this one. Misty runs away. She says she's never met either of them before. Then Jenny arrests Brock and Ash and for no reason, presumably, and assumes Ash stole his Pokedex, but she lets them go after she IDs them as a trainer and a former gym leader. And then, of course, she blames Ash for not giving her their IDs right away because Typical, if they had... very yeah. <laughs> there might be a hidden message there but we won't, yeah we won't like if it. you didn't if you had just gone ahead and given me your IDs I wouldn't have had to put you in handcuffs okay so she's terrible then she tells them that there was a burglary where somebody stole the giant hose and engine machine from the anime that we've seen before oh and then this part this part was terrible Ash tries to leave but then he remembers that he saw on TV where an old man was just really lonely and had a bunch of time on his hands. So he goes <laughs> to the local police station to just chat with the officers and pass time. But then he ends up getting arrested for obstruction <laughs> of justice. <laughs> this is a terrible yeah. place. What the He's fuck is this? <laughs> what is going on? I don't. Yeah, so... <laughs> I'm just sitting, like, looking at y'all just laughing at this, and I'm just like, oh my god. The police in this in this version of Kanto are terrible. Oh my god. The cynicism just compounds. Like, yeah. It just, it gets, it's getting humorous in how absurd it is. I wouldn't want to live here. Like, you, what kind of hellscape is this? <laughs> like, Brock stays with Officer Jenny. 
Yeah. It kind of the show where he just wanders off. Yeah, in this one it was Misty wandering off. And yeah. Then... yeah. So Brock stays, Ash goes to Cerulean Jim. He's like, I don't care what the hell you do, Brock. Ash is very self-absorbed. He's like, I don't care what happens to you. I'm going to the gym. Well, it was implied that Brock had like like a cops and robbers fetish thing yeah. kind of going on. He was like, ooh, chain me up, yeah. Jenny. Yeah. yeah. Arrest me. She wouldn't even arrest him because of that. And he's like, oh, if only I were a little bit older for you, Jenny. And mm. Yeah. Yeah. Brock was, he's wildly inappropriate, even more so than normal. Yeah. Okay. This mm. part, this is where it gets very... <laughs> Where Ash's misogyny really shines through. I had a lot of a lot of notes on this part. It was a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. He goes to Cerulean Gym, where he sees the performance going on by the Sensational Sisters and their underwater review that they have. Um, he sees this strange creature in the tank and thinks it's a Pokemon at first, but is very disappointed to learn that it's just a girl in like a mermaid costume. And he says to himself... Ugh, a girl. And he always... Ash always found himself at a disadvantage when dealing with women, including his mother. And he goes on to think to himself, she'd be much better off swimming in a straight line. It's no wonder she was mistaken for a Pokemon. It's clearly confusing. A man would be much more straight to the point. Ash wasn't impressed. Oh my gosh. Ash is like using like incel logic to yeah. justify oh, his prejudice. That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> it's like it so completely worse. bonkers. But it that- gets so much worse. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah it does. It, it- <laughs> okay, so yeah, so this whole, so that part in and of itself was terrible because just because he mistook her for a Pokemon, that isn't all her fault. But he insults her for it. Violet. So then Violet comes out. Like that was Lily at first, the mm-hmm. pink-haired one. Then Violet comes out. She's the one with the purple hair. Oh my gosh! Ash. Yeah, Ash has a thought or two about Violet. He says to himself, "What kind of person has purple hair?" That's one of the things he hated about women. Oh my gosh, that right there, I was like, ugh, Ash. Yeah. He apparently threw a fit when he was four years old because Delia dyed her black hair, which in this one she has black hair. She dyed her black hair brown, and then he threw this tremendous tantrum and she never dyed her hair again. (laughs) A lot of his hate for women comes from his mother, which is weird. Well, maybe Delia shouldn't be enabling him to control her life yeah that's true too yeah like just get over it i doubt yeah that's a great point then again she was 22 years old she's probably really overwhelmed she has no one in her life her mother's dead she's running a hotel yeah or a bar whatever it is she's the mama non-alcoholic bar yeah the (laughs) non-alcoholic bar yeah being the mama to all these old men in town yeah so ash has he has a lot of internalized hatred for some reason towards women um, so then he starts lecherously spying on them as they, they finish their show, they go backstage, then he's like spying on them through like the curtains or something. And they take off their wigs, which in this version, their pink, purple, and blonde hair are wigs. And he's very relieved at this. He's like, oh, phew, it's just wigs. No big deal. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. No yeah. goddamn sense. <laughs> But well, also, he hated it, so... I, I know he hated it, but, like, why does everyone wearing wigs? Why is that better than using hair dye? And... Well, because, because they they're... can just take their yeah. wigs oh. off, and they're not bound to this... It's, it's not be- permanent. It's better for Ash, right, because he's they're not subscribing to this wacky lifestyle where they dyed their hair. It's yeah. just a wig for the show. What they're Are doing sure in the show... Ash is like a hardline conservative. Like... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, what they're doing in the show is a persona, so that's okay. But in yeah. their in their regular life, they're normal people, so oh. it justifies like, 
oh, they're just putting on a show. They're not actually like this. Which again, yeah, like Ash's opinion weird, has but... anything to do with anything. Absurd. God, he's crazy. Also, it doesn't make any sense they're wearing wigs in the water. <laughs> you never Am heard I of those? wrong? Is, is, no. there, is there water wigs? There's water wigs. Oh, is there really? You have to use a special glue, I imagine. Jacob, are you making shit up? Or a, uh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I imagine there is water wigs because they do have mermaid shows. They do mm. have mermaid shows, but are wigs they wearing wigs? Wigs can be wigs? made of, of real hair. I mean, there's wigs made out of human hair that's probably... True, I mean, you can true. Go to water. And they, you can put on a wig and it stays on as you're in the water. Yeah, you can clip imagine... it to your real hair. Okay, okay, yeah. I take it back. Yeah, I imagine there's something that would bound or like bind it to your head. Okay, Gorilla Glue. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Thank God I'm she's assuming okay. they... All right, yeah. that's my stupid moment for the episode. No. Um, I'm assuming they clipped it to their real hair because they have okay, black okay. hair underneath. Okay, I Googled it. And just because it's get this straight... There is water wigs. Oh, great, great. Right. Yeah, whatever that you can swim with. Anyway, Ash goes on to, he jumps out from behind the curtain and <laughs> confronts them and says that he's here for a badge. And Violet goes and tells Ash this long backstory about how their parents ran out on them and they don't want to run this gym, so they want to be famous instead. So instead, they decide to host this underwater review and become superstars basically this plays out like the show they're like okay here just take the badge and then misty jumps in and she's like no i'm the fourth sensational sister and you have to battle me <laughs> so yeah that's basically it <laughs> that's... yeah so oh and then okay so then this is where the the low-key homophobia part comes out with ash <laughs> yeah um <laughs> <laughs> Okay, this part this part was really weird. So Misty and Ash start to have their battle. She calls out Staryu, which Ash hasn't seen before. So he pulls out the Pokedex. And the Pokedex, I don't know why it felt necessary. Like, why couldn't it have said anything else other than this? But it says, Staryu, there's no distinction between males or females. So any two of them can reproduce. And then Ash starts absentmindedly thinking to himself about how he can't fathom the idea of a relationship with a boy. Well, first he says he doesn't get along with women. But he doesn't want oh. to be in a relationship with a boy either. So I'm like, so is Ash just like, he's like asexual, aromantic? A, yeah, he just yeah. doesn't. Is that canonically what we're going for here? Yeah, he just doesn't want to be with anybody, I guess. In which case, sorry, Serena. It's just not going to work out. Yeah, that's in. Ash is self-absorbed. Which is not a comment we're making on asexual, aromantic people. It's just Ash specifically yeah, is yeah. self-absorbed. And he hates, and he, <laughs> At he least just hates everybody. He just hates everybody, basically. Yeah, he's got weird views on women and he's just an angry person for some reason. He is a very angry yeah. person. Hostile. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like Ash in this. Yeah, mm -hmm. Ash is not a good character in this. It reminds me of Shinji Ikari in the Evangelion manga. Very much. <laughs> I never read that manga. In, in the manga, Shinji's like bitter, like really angry all the time, as opposed to in the show where he's just kind of like, uh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, he's very soft-spoken, uh, soft kind of ignorant. Yeah, and in the show, he's like, fuck this, fuck you. It's really weird. Really? Huh. And then when Karu comes to town and like it's like all over him, Ash, or Ash Shinji <laughs> is all <laughs> like, boys, don't kiss boys, leave me alone. And then when Karu dies, he's like, oh, but I love you, Karu. Honestly, you can interchange Ash and Shinji, and there's no difference. <laughs> so, not in this version. <laughs> no, not. Get in the robot, Ash. 
<laughs> yeah. We're going to go find Adam. Speaking of robots, so Team Rocket appears and interrupts the battle. Oh my god, that was such a good transition. That was really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with their robot that they stole from the county water department or whatever. Oh, and then, okay, there's a weird part where everyone's impressed. So Jesse comes over the loudspeaker on the gym, and apparently she spent some time as, like, a professional radio announcer at a nationwide radio program. I want, the first thing I thought was her voice actress. Was, did she do that? But I didn't I bother no to idea. look it up. No. Because I know she's very famous. Um, I also know she's Ray from Evangelion. Oh, interesting. Aww. There's some crossover there. Yeah. I'll look it up and see if that's true, if I just assume correctly. So while you're doing that, so a little bit more background. So basically, she used to work as this announcer for a program called the Top 100 Pokemon, and she was working <laughs> for Team Rocket at the time and wanted to increase value for three Pokemon that Team Rocket typically would steal, which is Shelter, Magnemite, and Paris. And apparently people hate those three Pokemon, and they never were in the Top 100 ever again. <laughs> Which made me feel really sad because I love Magnemite. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Oh, Magnemite is really cute one. Magnemite's like an underdog. I will note that Megumi Hayashibara, she was a radio personality. Um, oh, so oh. that's where that came from. But she is primarily known for her voice acting. Interesting. So a little real world reference. Yep. In I addition guess. to Jesse, she voices Ash's Pidgeotto and Pidgeot, May Skitty, <laughs> oh, Whitney's oh. Miltank, Claire's Dratini and Dragonair. Latios, Latios, and Annabelle's Espeon. Okay. Interesting lineup. Okay. I really do like Pidgeotto's voice. Yeah. Pidgeotto! Oh, that's um, when I met Veronica Taylor. Not met her, but like she was in that panel thing. All the kids' questions were, were like, listen to my impersonation of like said Pokemon. Aww. Yeah, it was really cute. And she'd be like, she would always tell them like, that was really good. I couldn't. Aww. Yeah, she would be like, I can't tell between the anime and like. What you just said, that was really good. So, oh, that's, that's so sweet. sweet. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Apologies again to Veronica Taylor for assuming <laughs> she was Anna Hillary. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> At least she answered. We, had, we have our answer, you know. So, okay, this part was ridiculous. Like, there's a... Team Rocket's attacking or whatever, and she's like, yeah, there's no... L- Lily jumps in and she tells Team Rocket, she's like, yeah, there's no Pokemon here. We we all just lost, like, three times in a row. Um, all of our Pokemon at the Pokemon Center are being treated. So you would have been better off targeting the Pokemon Center. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> Don't tell them to go attack the hospital. Like, yeah, I show you, you're out of luck. Yeah, I was like, okay, Lily, enough. <laughs> Come back, Seal. Come back. Come back Seal. Seal did not make an appearance in this, which no. was very sad. Nope, he was sealing the deal somewhere else. Hey. Oh. Hey. Throwbacks. That was a good, good um, pun. You're welcome. Jacob in that episode. Pikachu gets sucked up into the hose and then, like he did the last uh, chapter, decides to take matters into his own hands and single-handedly solves the problem without any input from Ash. Then Ash gets lucky and gets another badge from Misty and her sisters for beating them, Team Rocket. And they're like, oh, the sister's like, oh, Misty, come be our fourth sensational sister and run the gym. But she's like, nah, I'm going to keep going with Ash. So that was it. Appendix time. This was the journal part from before where Ash or uh, Brock is keeping his journal on Ash's Pikachu mm-hmm. and observing it. He had a lot of interesting things to say. Yeah. The appendix. I got quotes. I got quotes. 
Normally, if a creature owned by a human doesn't follow its owner's instructions, it's considered to be stupid. However, no matter how you look at it, Ash's Pikachu isn't stupid. In fact, going by observation, I would say Ash's Pikachu is smarter than his owner. I appreciate that. Yep, because it's true. Apparently, there's a Pokemon Red data book, which Which is a publication. (laughs) Yeah. You want extinctions. Dang. I wonder how many more Pokemon yeah. have become extinct. That's what I was wondering too. I hope I was hoping it was gonna dive into like how many extinctions there have been and like and if there's conservation efforts to preserve the Pokemon, but Well apparently Pikachu may or may not have had a distant ancestor that was a feral version of Pikachu. Yeah, yeah, the stray dog thing, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, and there were stray the stray Pikachu that we see are actually escaped and released pets. So they're not actually these oh, God. feral Pikachus. It's Florida. Oh, no, the, oh, the pythons. God. It's the pythons. <laughs> <laughs> They're ruining the natural wildlife. I'd much rather have Pikachus than pythons. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So wait a minute. I have a question. So this kind of confused me. So is what Brock is saying here is that like, okay, most Pikachu that we, that people have are domesticated, gentle Pikachu, um, and that the ones that you happen to see in the wild are rare because they're they're ones that were domesticated previously but have been either abandoned or they escaped, so they can't truly be called wild. Mm-hmm. But Ash's Pikachu is unique in that it's possibly descended from a feral ancestor Pikachu? I think think his speculation is it's an evolutionary throwback Pikachu. That its temperament is more like that of an ancient Pikachu. Like its instinct is more based on the the previous. I thought that's what he was going for. Okay. So this one is... It's neanderthal Yeah. Pikachu... Is that, is that the right way to put it? No, but... <laughs> no? <laughs> well, it's just, like, more aggressive at hunts and all that stuff. Uh. Well, he... then We then, could like, get into he... the, the hominids and the different kinds and all yeah, that. Yeah, that's we what won't. I'm thinking. Like, it's, on the, it's somewhere on that scale, maybe. Well, like you said, Jacob, they referenced the fact that there used to be creatures called dogs and wolves yeah. that existed in the world, like, so... Like I said, it's Florida. The Pikachu have overtaken them. It's invasive... That's an amazing invasive species to have. Yeah. yeah. Pikachu. Like I don't that. know. Pikachu seems very dangerous. This Pikachu yeah. is horrible. It's like that fish that can eat eats everything and is killing all the fish life down there. Oh yeah, I've seen that thing. Snakehead. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, things terrifying. Another thing it says Brock assumes that you would think that Pikachu hates Ash, but instead it appears to just consider him a fellow traveling companion. Like a companion he just happens to be traveling with. I was like, damn, this that is makes... a weird interpretation of Ash and Pikachu. This is, this is so different. That. They're just, yeah, they're coexisting and not a partnership, which is, yeah. I wouldn't even call it. I mean, he's acting like it's some sort of alliance of convenience, but it's really not. Like, he's just kind of like exploring the world and guess the situation he's ended up in. He's using Ash, but whatever. Yeah, that's true. Using him. Which, let's not forget, there was originally supposed to be a Pokemon Rebellion led by Pikachu. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There you go. This is where this comes in. That's where we're going. That was Volume 3. What? No, I'm just kidding. Oh. We just discussed this last episode. There was going to... In Shudo's mind, he wanted there to be a Pokemon... Oh, that's right. Exodus. So that's where he was headed with this. Yeah. Or at least setting it up. It's Planet of the Apes kind of thing. Alas, yeah. it will never be. Pikachu is Caesar. <laughs> Which would be awesome. I would, I would actually love to see that. Write a fanfiction. Ooh, I got too many fanfics for this thing. Can we just change into a fanfiction podcast? 
Yeah. Oh my god. This kind of feels like fan fiction. This kind of does, yeah. Except it's written by the showrunner. Yeah. It's his version of a fan fiction if he had his way. That's true. All oh, right, Jacob. Oh, before we go on to chapter four, I just want to note it's implied they mention Misty's father a lot. And it's implied the reason Misty has had bad luck with men, even though she's 10 years old, is because of her abandonment issues related to her father. Oh, yeah. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's horrible, but that's much better than what we had kind of gathered from that. That they yeah. died? You talking about? Or Well, well, no, well I'm not even going to repeat it. No. But oh, yeah. It's not as bad as it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yep, yep. Chapter four, okay, showdown at Vermilion City. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, it just clicked in my head, and I was like, okay. We're at a naval base. Go. Me? <laughs> Just go. <laughs> you don't want to take this one? No, God not really. It. Okay. Because um, <laughs> that's whatever. Let's just do it. Basically, the thing I found most interesting here wasn't necessarily the storyline so much as... Atmosphere? The history of Vermilion City and the layout of the gym. I found it real. This one didn't necessarily have a horrible past. Well, we do get into World War II history a little bit. but So, <laughs> there was a war, implied to be World War II, of course, um, in which a number of foreign military personnel ended up staying there after the fact at being stationed. And it seems some just stayed there. I'm assuming this is a base in real life to some extent. It was a naval base. Mm-hmm. Um, it's considered a cool place to be. It's a multicultural city at this point. And, hold on, after a global economic recession, a number of foreign navy pulled out, leaving a number of unneeded aircraft carriers and submarines abandoned. One of these large aircraft carriers has become a large landmark called Increase Building, in which a number of businesses and community functions uh, take place in. So I thought that was really cool. The gym is there. The gym is there, and it's based in a aircraft hangar. So it's a very large space and something about, I didn't understand all the electricity stuff, but basically it radiates um, static electricity that Misty's very prone to being disturbed by. I wouldn't say that. I think the, the it was more of an inappropriate connotation. Oh, girl, oh. I didn't think of that. Oh, ooh, no, oh. no, 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 no. I didn't get no, that. I mean, I I, no, 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 no. In response to something I, from these novels. Well, I think we've all said that multiple, multiple times. That's the... I mean, I was, believe me, I was just as disturbed by this, but I say that only because they make several specific mentions to Misty enjoying it. And I'm like, okay, that that's enough. Mm-mm. Like, she's the only one. And I think there's an actual, like, a an observation Ash makes that it's like, Misty was the only one that seems to be enjoying yeah. this. And I'm like, oh my god, stop. <laughs> because she has a vagina. Yeah. Is that what they're going for there? Yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah I did. Yeah. yeah, so that was, yeah. uh, I was upset that. <laughs> sorry that was going. I, I thought it was just she had a tingly sensation and it was like Ooh. 
No. No, it no. was like that for different reasons. God. Unfortunately. This is not... I'm not pro-censorship, <laughs> but I'm anti-these themes yeah. in Pokemon media. Pokemon, that's the thing, is... That's yeah. what's killing me, is this is Pokemon. It's like... It's sort of like it's you have specifically this... the cartoon. Yeah, it's Pokemon. not pure. It's not pure anymore. It's just <laughs> it's just gross. And I like the reference to like Okinawa and stuff in this, but then you get these little bits that just I don't cringe is the word maybe I don't know. Yeah. It's it's absolutely unnecessary, and the fact that he decided to even allude to or include this in any form or fashion, it's like it, no, that wasn't necessary. Other than to just be weird, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Team yeah, Rocket's working please. in at a stand or something. They're selling a touristy shit on the boat um, building. Um, they see Ash and friends, and I guess they just like kind of follow them around, watching them. Um, basically, what happens is even though the setting is slightly different, the same thing happens as it does in the cartoon. They go find Lieutenant Surge. They have a weird rule, like, no Pikachus allowed. It was Surge telling them they don't allow Pikachu at the gym unless they also become... Like, it's an actual workout gym, too, I guess. Oh, is it? They have to become members of it because they're not strong enough. Yeah, Raichu's superior, you know. I think that's what he says. Yeah, and and then I guess this would obviously make more sense if you were Japanese and didn't have a... You weren't exposed to English terminology all the time because they make a big deal about Surge being a foreigner and saying English words, which mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. unknown to Ash and Misty and Brock. So they're they're kind of like, woo, blown away by the exoticness of it, I guess. Yeah. And, and then Pikachu sees Raichu and Pikachu beams oh my this God. version of Pikachu <laughs> gets pissed and it's like, like sucker punches it with electricity. Yeah. <laughs> And then Raichu's like, fuck that, and yeah. shocks him back and sends him flying out of the, like, into the stratosphere. He blasts like, off again. That's yeah, he through, through the entire building, like, down the stairs. Yeah. I was Which like, is kind of cool. Wait. I like that a lot. Yeah. I mean, Pikachu got what was coming to him, that little he, shit, he so. Did that. Yeah. Lieutenant Search says, taken to the Pokemon Center at this location, he may have survived, if you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky. That's which, I mean, yeah, this thing needs to be put down. Yeah, it needs... <laughs> oh, you mean, Rabbit. like, in general, like, just kill it, or...? It's gonna kill someone yeah. for too long. Okay, real quick, side note. Back to po- Professor Oak for being so completely negligent and letting Ash even take this thing, which he knew was a danger. He so... wants to sabotage him. That's what he did. Fucking Professor Oak. Is he even in this book? I don't think he is. No, no he doesn't appear once. Good. Probably, like, just stewing in his body odor somewhere oh my god yeah, with his dandruff flakes <laughs> yeah. oh that's right yeah yeah i have pure oak in my head i don't have gross Ugh. you know odor filled oak yeah anyway team rocket's doing the same thing they do in the show which is kind of being like oh no pikachu's honor us a pikachu have we been wasting our time chasing it um they go to the pokemon center <laughs> yes yes you have and, and this nurse joy has a different perspective from the other nurse joy from pewter because she thinks that because this Pikachu is able to take Raichu's strike, that it has a strong constitution, I guess, and would be able to handle evolving into Raichu. These are all theories, by the way. These are all theories. Um, Ash considers it, but Pikachu does his thing. He says, no, I don't want to evolve into Raichu. I have to do this as a Pikachu. So Stubborn. Yep. So they... I'm confused. Did they do some training before they went out to the gym? 
Or did they just immediately march to the gym the next no, day? No, they immediately, immediately He wakes up in the hospital, and then, like, the next day. Okay. Yeah. Did so it say Ash reference... Is... Oh, sorry. Uh, let me ask Did it reference earlier that, like, after they rest, they get, like, an extra charge or something like that? Like, if they sleep for a long time, they get more power? That would make sense. Okay, that's... I thought they... I, maybe I'm thinking of something. I thought it referenced that in one of the previous chapters, but I couldn't remember. Anyway, yeah, it's there was this weird thing where, where the gang splits up. Misty and Brock go onto the gym, and Ash and Pikachu appear to go separately. They have to have their like walk, dramatic walk through the thunderstorm or whatever. It's rocky. Yeah. It, the shining star is not shining that day <laughs> it's, yeah. because oh. it's a thunderstorm. <laughs> <laughs> what was going on with Team Rocket in this? I sorry, I just want to back up real quick and just say like you pointed out before the atmosphere okay yeah i did i did like that much better than the show it's like this grungy hazy rainy industrial like naval port area and like all the building like i don't know it just seemed very thematically appropriate (laughs) i could see that it definitely you get more like what happens here you expect more from the environment than what happens in the show I guess. Yeah, like, like, yeah, like they were just in a sunny park area or something, and this one they're like by the ocean. It's raining. It's storming. It's, you know, you can feel the electricity. Kind of. I mean, the atmosphere was cool the way it was described, but everything else, not so much. <laughs> yeah. What was Team Rocket? Were they samurai? I forget. Yeah. I think samurai they were dressed ninjas. as different things. James had a kimono on. Jesse was dressed like a samurai. Okay. Cool. So they they hold up umbrellas for Ash and Pikachu. Ash doesn't notice because he's in a dissociative state, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they get struck by lightning and Ash still doesn't notice. Wait, did they actually get struck by lightning? At three they... individual lightning bolts hit them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Ash fails to notice. He goes into the gym, and I think, you know, I think it's going to be like the show, where it's like, Pikachu, use your agility, outspeed it. No, instead, Ash says, I have a brilliant strategy. Pikachu, do whatever the fuck you want, I don't care. And <laughs> Take <laughs> him on. Pikachu is the one who does everything. <laughs> that was absurd. Uh. I'm sorry, like, that's actually, the implications are terrifying, that this out-of-control... Pikachu is such a brilliant strategist that it can come up and do this by itself. Right. It's Which smart. I think we we do see Pikachu do stuff like that on his own initiative sometimes in the midst of the heat of battle. But I think it But makes, he actually but, listens to yeah. Ash. Yeah, they working they're working in tandem, in tandem partnership. Exactly. Yeah. He's Ash is the coach. As opposed to this, where Ash is just sitting on his ass. And Pikachu yeah. Pikachu's doing it's, all this yeah. stuff on his own accord. He thought up this whole thing. It's like the great player on a team that you just let them do whatever they want. Like, oh, we don't have to practice. He's the best player. He'll carry us kind of thing. This one, so they kind of do the same sort of basic strategy in in the show and this novel. Like, he uses his tail as a lightning rod kind of to direct it down into the ground. But this one was cool because if I understood it correctly, it's a naval ship. So it's like metal they're on like mm-hmm. a ship and so he like digs down below like this dirt that they have on the battlefield to the metal and like directs the electricity into like the hull of the ship or something like how does that work and like everything was electrified 
but like just slightly yeah. more in comparison to what it already was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just put it to another conductor. So So how does he end up beating him? He just tackles him. Yeah, I just tackle him. Tackles him. him. He puts it. He kind of like hits him right in the stomach. Yeah. Okay. He used quick attack and tackle. Okay, underwhelming. Yeah. And then Raichu accepts Pikachu as an equal and yeah, yep, like a bowing down like a dog kind of thing with its tail. Yeah, they touch tails. Hmm. They're friends now. Yep. Friendship is oh friends. There you go. There's the title. There's the title. There's the zinger. That's what we've been waiting for. Which is, I mean, there's not really a whole lot of friendship going on. No. The groups don't like each other. They don't have any relationship. No, not near yeah. that. Yep, the oh, <laughs> Team Rocket drowns. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? That's it, isn't it? They just... Yeah, no, they, 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 were, they try to bury themselves in the sand as a cure for being electrocuted by lightning. Oh, and then the high God. tide comes in and kills them. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. Ashley's a message for Delia... This is all okay. I'm sorry. The last sentence of the team, Rock, and so this is the definitive because there was no more volumes. Oh. After <laughs> so they have to have died. Yeah, they died. So yeah. it says <laughs> the trio. It says yeah. the trio's screams were drowned by the waves. Like, oh my oh god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, okay. Ugh, that's that's awful. disturbing. <laughs> yeah, by Team Rocket, they drowned. <sighs> Yikes. Yep. Sorry, you were saying Delia. Yeah, Delia. Ash has broken a record that no one's noticed, which he's gotten more gym badges with less Pokemon than anyone ever has. Good for him. He yeah. needs it. He I needs a win. He didn't have the starters yet. I wonder if he would have them in the next volume. We'll, we'll never, never know. know. We'll never know. I would love to see how he handles Melanie's Hope Village and the <laughs> Damien. <laughs> and God, I'm so <laughs> upset we squad. missed on the, oh, the Damien action. Ugh. So the appendix for this Austin, one is your This is favorite. all for you, Austin. <laughs> oh, this is all for me? Well. You just love Bill so much. You had I, a... I do love Bill so much. I'm glad we got some freaky, freaky Bill before we closed out. They also skipped over Bill. God damn it, they didn't visit his lighthouse. This is all we needed because this, yeah. this right here <laughs> this is summarizes. him in his Kabuto costume, which is the highlight of Bill. So This is all we needed to we know. We did get this. Right here in this appendix. <laughs> just all of it. The whole, like, I can't read the whole appendix. So, Basically, real quick. B- what? No, I was going to say, real quick, he has this costume of Kabuto, but the outer shell is made from actual real fossils. So, I was like, okay. Uh, this is some um, Buffalo Bill bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Bill! Yeah. Oh, my God, <laughs> Buffalo Bill! Oh, my God. Connections were made. So, in the uh, middle of the night, when people are asleep and the stars are particularly bright, Bill wears his Kabuto costume, Kabuto costume <laughs> to think in silence. When he wears his costume, it's the one I feel affinity with. An affinity I don't feel with present day people or Pokemon. Oh my god. As he wears their corpses. Furry. Oh god. Then it gets even weirder. So after Bill's <laughs> like, weird soliloquy about how he's a Kabuto in the inside, it, it becomes an advertisement for the Sound Sleep Pokemon Costume Company. And yeah. then Bill states, note, this is a misleading piece of advertisement. The first half was stolen of my writing without my permission. Then it gets into philosophy. Yeah. yeah. It, I, I it, missed the philosophy. I didn't know what that was. I, I didn't either. It's the mythical Pokemon. He says there's something in this world called mythical Pokemon. Anyone who oh, knows anything yeah. about it has pursued a mythical Pokemon. It's unknown how many mythical Pokemon there are in the world. 
you know, blah, blah, blah. So that was Bill stuff. That was someone else. But they put it together to make it sound like it was Bill's writing, which it then turns into an advertisement. Okay. Okay. And then Bill writes a complaint (laughs) to the company and they send him a Metapod cocoon costume as an apology. (laughs) And the final lines of the novel are... There's some truly despicable people in this world. It's quite oh, depressing. depressing. Oh, the end. That Aww. sounds appropriate. Oh, Bill, way to go out with fashion. You know, thinking about how this could have ended, there's really no better way. So, was this your favorite I'm appendix? Satisfied. This is the best appendix. This is the best one. <laughs> nothing to do. He's like, they we stole get a discount. Bill. You get a discount if you buy two costumes in a pair. <laughs> They stole my stuff. You gotta, you gotta be like that Kabuto costume. Okay. Oh my god. I'm so glad. You know what? This. I'm so glad that we had this appendix because we know the origin now of Bill's Kabuto costume and why he spends his time. Okay, I'm gonna say it now. In the anime, they wander into the dark night. Light, not, no, no, no. They wander into <laughs> the dark lighthouse in which Bill's alone in the Kabuto costume. And then we get the, did you just come from a costume party? No! no. And then he fakes being stuck in the Fukubutu costume. Bullshit. Bill was in that costume every night. He was, he's yep. just. He feels Bill's safer like in that. there. It's he a safe, safe. space. He's, he is a Kabuto. He is a but they actually, he actually puts in here that most people use it as like a costume for like recreations <laughs> of like, you know, plays and TV shows. Like he Game actually like, like for movies. says that. Yeah. Yes. And that he does not, in fact, use it for that. He uses it for his own whatever. Everything we thought about Bill was true. <laughs> I'm so mad the giant dragonite didn't make an appearance. <laughs> oh, oh man, Bill. God. So the fact that we know where it came from—that it was a—it's a costume that he just uses for his own freaky deaky made alone of time, made of fossils. Yeah. I- I'm just glad all our questions got answered. Because this was keeping me awake at night with this. Well, you should have gotten your Kabuto costume and you'd be perfectly tranquil. That's right. Huh. Maybe I can call this company. I'm, I'm going to get the pillow, too. I think I need the pillow as well for full oh, comfort. Oh, the Metapod a pillow? Did it say a pillow? Sleep, a sound sleep pillow shaped like the Kakum Pokemon Metapod. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I need. I don't know about you guys, but I would love to have a Metapod pillow. That looks like it would be adorable. It has to exist. It does. If they have a giant Snorlax beanbag, they surely have to have a Metapod pillow. Oh my god. Do they? Do they really? It's even better. This is official merchandise. And we're waiting for the picture in chat. I like the first volume better. I'll go and say it. Ooh, he put it here. Oh, it's a giant sleeping bag. A Metapod sleeping bag. And the picture has a guy angrily sitting in the Metapod looking in the mirror. Oh my god. So everyone, if you're curious, you can, well, at least you could, I don't know if it's still available, but as recently as 2020, they had this giant life-size Metapod cocoon plushy thing that you can zip yourself up in. So feel free to check that out. Did you read one of the comments? No, what does it say? It said, no thanks. I usually wrap myself in bubble wrap in an empty closet if I'm ever that low. <laughs> okay. They put out another, they put out a related product. Oh. Which is the Gengar yeah. tongue thing you can put on your head and sleep in it. And it has a tongue you can wrap yourself in. 
Yeah, there's no shortage of interesting Pokemon merchandise. I feel like if you can think about it, it exists. I hope Bill sues these people. <laughs> <laughs> he's only gonna get like he's gonna get this next, a little yeah, tongue roll thing. <laughs> Because he, 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 like can't, he can't sue. He just got to get in free merchandise. The Metapod sleeping bag thing was $337. Oh, and this Gengar pillow is $250. Wow. But in all fairness, it does come with a lifetime warranty. So, I Okay, I'm looking at this Gengar thing. What are you supposed like, to do with it? This, it doesn't... You can put it over your eyes, okay? But then the tongue part doesn't make sense to me. Like, you have to literally lay on the ground and wrap only your upper torso in it. See, I can't tell if the tongue is something you roll yourself up in or if there's, like, a split in the middle that you have to kind of, like, push yourself through and then it just oh. behind. You kind of get what I'm saying with that? Like, yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah. Kind of like do you a, roll in it or do yeah. you slide it over you? Yeah. I don't know. What is this for? It just doesn't look comfortable. Like I kind of get the. If left you have picture. purchased the the Gengar tongue thing, let us know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, leave five stars and let us know how you use it in your daily life. It may be a nap. I don't know. If you need to pull out something to cover, you don't have a sleep mask. You need. Maybe you don't like stuff over your eyes. You need a little hole to put your head in i don't you know know, some people like go to sleep with sleeping masks on because you know they they can't have the bright lights they're sensitive they don't want to be woken up in the morning so like that makes sense like you put this thing over your head and it's like a an eye mask that you block out the light so that part makes sense to me i wouldn't be able to breathe in this thing it's not an open (laughs) i mean its mouth is wide enough to where it's like not right on your nose i get it it's double purposed it alex you're right it does the mask thing where it blocks your eyes but then your head's also contained in this fear thing so it blocks noise so if you snore too Mm. it keeps it from echoing and probably disturbing your partner while they sleep okay pokemon i see you as someone who has a severe case of sleep apnea ask your doctor if maybe a cpap could be right for you (laughs) my understanding is now dentists look for signs of sleep apnea Mm -hmm. um, when they're looking at your tongue and your teeth so just keep that in mind. If you are waking up feeling like you haven't had an ounce of sleep and you wake up feeling exhausted and like you've been beat all to hell all night, it could be because you weren't breathing all night mm-hmm. and you were on near death, ev- near death every night of your life without even realizing it. And that's really bad for your health. Damn. Mm-hmm. That could cut years off your life. And Austin, I was going to mention this to you. Uh, our friend, one of our friends also has sleep apnea and they've actually been recommended an alternative by their doctor from the mask and i think it's something like i want to say implant or something like that that they put in you and it like it does something to help with the breathing regulation yeah i i've had a friend who got that done okay let's pitching that out there if you don't want to have to clean the mask and i guess wear it every night Well, my understanding is the implant doesn't necessarily last forever oh okay yeah okay i could be wrong but that was my understanding well it's cool that we're making advances with that because i know it has probably be annoying to wear the mask and have to clean it frequently. at this point i'm so used to it really <laughs> to be it just honest, becomes it's been a few years now and I'm oh just so... wow i mean it's not sexy but i'm not a sexy sleeper regardless hey whatever helps you sleep you need your sleep mm-hmm. that's why i recommend getting this gengar uh thing here <laughs> can we leave now can we are we done yeah i think we're done <laughs> we have to ask the question though volume one or volume two which one was better Volume one. One. Volume one. Okay, okay, we are on the dealio stuff. Consensus yeah. here. Yep. 
there's a lot more cooler background information and the only yeah and ash wasn't such a raging misogynist yeah. either so well, well, you know, anger he got worse the first one yeah any more closing thoughts before we close ourselves out here I'm just sad we never will know what becomes of Ash. This version of Ash. Given the world we live in, I like to imagine they got on the St. Anne and immediately actually died when it sank to the bottom of the ocean. That is actually a good point. (laughs) Yeah, none of this, like, getting rescued by Staryu and, like, you know, the whole magic harp shenanigans. They They never made it. Sorry, Delia never, never found out hunky, what like... happened to Ash. She <laughs> assumed he abandoned her. Yeah, he just assumes she's oh, gone. Oh, no. <laughs> Dead at the bottom of the ocean. Yep. And Brock's family doesn't care because the next heir's already been born. So, I mean. They have yeah. 20 of them. So. He's disposable, I guess. And then, I don't know. Misty's just poor Misty, as usual. Yeah, I guess I guess we can just assume that they actually perished on the sinking ship. Thank God this doesn't have a Beauty and the Beach adaptation. Oh my oh, god. god, I couldn't imagine. Did he write that one, though? No, he didn't. It was okay, the other okay. guy. Okay, okay. All right, uh, thank you all for listening. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can reach us at outofthedrawingpan at gmail.com. That's outofthedrawingpan at gmail.com. We also have a Twitter handle at outofdrawingpan. That's at outofdrawingpan. And also, if you're listening, please give us a five-star review and any comments that you want to give with the podcast. I will give you $5. No, yeah. I'm kidding. That's bribery. No, no that's not. bribery. You can't do that. It's not. He said doll hairs. You guys are making this so fun to edit. <laughs> he said doll Keep hairs. Keep it all in. Keep it all in. <laughs> Keep it all in. All right. Yeah. So be sure to leave us a five-star review and join us next time as the journey continues. Oh, oh, no. The journey is still continuing. We're going back to the normal episodes next week. We're doing Pikachu's goodbye and whatever the Eevee episode is called. Oh, that's right. Back to, running back up to normal operations next week. So join us as the normal journey continues. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>